everybody. Welcome to the Coach's Spot. I am your host, Jason T. Powell, with my co-host, Anthony DeBrule. Are we doing the king on the Coach's Spot? I don't know. Super coach. Super coach. Super coach. Super coach, Anthony DeBrule. Uh, last episode, I was here with Will Smith. We're actually going to alternate. I think we're going to pl- do a plan of, um, since Will's a football and baseball coach, I'm going to do one episode a week with him as the co-host, and then one episode with Anthony. Although, Anthony, I might do more than just one episode a week. I'd like to get up to like three or four episodes a week. So maybe just do one with Will. Maybe do one with Will, and then Anthony and I will do all the other episodes. Uh, So anyway, uh, Anthony's going to kind of take it tonight, right, Anthony? Anthony's got an idea for a topic. Uh, Last time it was my idea. I I quoted quoted Pat Summit and... uh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Warren Buffett. We were talking about uh, surrounding yourself with good people that tell you the truth and and are yeah. positive and stuff like that. But what's up, dude? You tell me. What's the topic you, you tonight? You know what? This is the first time that, I, that I'm not nervous about actually taking the lead role of this. Because, you know, Look every you. time you put me on that spot, I'm like, oh, <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> anyway, um, not this time. All right. So I do have actually... Um, some questions and some uh, not. I've had questions and I've had some uh, comments and some um, some uh, ideas on what actual um, students and athletes want to know. Cool. And the one and the one biggest um, um, topic was fear issues. Yeah. So, and they're like, you know, if you could touch on that and. You know, that, that would be a big help because especially right now, because I mean, I'm dealing with massive, massive fear issues. And I think a lot of, of this has to do with obviously coronavirus and being three months behind because we're out of the gym and things like that. And, and other sports, you know, you yeah. probably, you know, whatever. So I think, you know, I mean, it's going to relate to all of them. Um, and I had a good conversation with one of my students about this. And I thought this is a perfect thing to do. And I think. There's going to be a lot of coaches, gymnasts, et cetera, parents, or whoever's listening can take what me and Jason have to say. Because I think um, um, Jason's pretty good at this as well, just from past yeah. This I would I would definitely say that this is my my specialty. Probably, uh, yeah. My son, my son, right now, just to let everybody know who's not who's listening, that's not necessarily a gymnastics coach, but just a coach. My son's dealing with this in baseball. Cause he's terrified to get hit by the baseball. So he's having a problem with batting and standing his ground in the batter's box. Cause like, if it comes anywhere near him, he's face plant on the ground on his belly. <laughs> like there's no way that ball's going to hit him. So, and yeah. he dealt with it today. He didn't want to go to practice today because of it. Yeah. And you know, I told him now this is my son. So I'm going to deal with my son differently than I deal with my athletes. I'm, I'm much more caring yes. and gentle with my athletes than I am with my son. Yeah. And I told my son, you're going to have fear the rest of your life in everything you do, whether it's riding mm-hmm. a motorcycle, whether it's making new friends, whether it's a big test coming up, whether you decide you want to do stand-up comedy, which obviously I've had to deal with that fear. Uh, I've, I've been on film. I, I've done some acting work, you know, things that scare a lot of people. I, I didn't deal with a lot of fear with that. And a lot of fear when I was young, I had a lot of fear when I was young. Cause I, as I've mentioned before, I was a closet introvert 
and I dealt with humor because I got bullied a lot as a kid and I dealt with that in humor a lot and that kind of got me out of that but I dealt with fear all the way up until I think it was my junior year of high school I had an acting teacher and I dealt with fear on every level because I boxed and I wrestled and you know when you're in a when you're in that kind of environment where someone's trying to actually beat your head in <laughs> or slam you or do you know the danger is real there the fear is real the fear doesn't have to be real but the danger is real so and that deals with gymnastics that deals with baseball there's plenty of people that have been hit with a baseball and have had serious injuries football getting tackled you know there's there's fear in every sport whether you know and that that or let me rephrase that there's danger in every sport it's inherent to sport anytime you get speed and velocity and anything there's going to be danger fear is imagined fear is your body's response to that danger so what happened to me was believe it or not i took an acting class my junior year of high school and my acting teacher asked me to be in the school play and i'm like well I, i'm you know i'm just taking this for the easy credit i don't i don't really want to be in the play he goes, well, I'll give you extra credit. You'll get an A in class. I'd like you to be in the thing. And he's like, D is it because of stage fright? I go, well, I really don't want to get up in front of people. I definitely don't want to do our town. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's just not me. And he's like, well, you know, you still got to do a monologue in class and stuff. And if you're nervous about that, and he kind of pulled me to the side and he, he said, and here's something where my fear wasn't even rational because there's no danger of being on stage. There's no danger of doing a monologue. There's no danger there where there is an inherent danger to sport. But he pulled me aside and he said, look, there's no such thing as fear. Fear is your, your fight or flight response, right? It's the endorphins that kick in. It's actually the exact same endorphins as excitement. All you are is excited. That's it. And once you, once you learn that, once you learn that, that that's just excitement, the fear kind of melted away for me. So once I, I attacked it as this is excitement, not fear, that inherent fear kind of went away. And I just looked at it that way. Like I never had stage fright as a comic because people always ask me, how do you get on stage in front of hundreds of people and try to make them laugh? What if they don't laugh? Well, what if they don't laugh? Who cares? If they don't laugh, if they don't find me funny, that's just not my audience. But that feeling I feel before is just excitement to get on stage and to show what I can do. And so that's how I dealt with it. And so when I dealt with my son, you know, I told him, you can't live your life in fear. Because if you give in to the fear, the rest of your life is going to be miserable because you're not going to ask out that girl you see at, at, across the room. You're not going to, you're not going to try new things. You're not going to do anything. You're just going to live in that little bubble of comfort zone for the rest of your life. And it's going to be a miserable life. And I feel, I feel sorry for people that have phobias. I, I know phobias are real and I have a hard time empathizing with phobias because I don't understand it. I do understand recognizing danger and feeling the fear that goes along with that. But I consider it extreme excitement. It's extreme excitement to know the outcome. 
So when I deal with fear with my athletes, I attack it in markers. So if I have an athlete that's afraid to back tumble, which I've had, I, I dealt with this last year. I don't have a lot of fear issues with my gymnast because I do so many drills. And I find if you put the work in, a lot of time fear comes from rushing a skill that they're not ready to do that skill. So you need to take a step back and go back to drills. And you have to be patient with it. It's like Novocaine. You keep using it, sooner or later it's gonna work. So you go back, you always take one step back. And then if they're afraid of that drill, you take one further step back. And you go back until they can do the drills again and then you work your way back up. That's what I do. And it's, it's excruciating because it does take a lot of patience to do that. And then what I do is I make them break it down and whatever the rhythm of the skill is, so say it's tumbling, like I said, I just dealt with this. If it's tumbling, I told the athlete, do not step inside the white line of the floor until you know you're gonna go. That's, that's once you step inside the white line of the floor to tumble, you start the thought process in your head of what you now have to do, not what you have to do later, not what you're afraid of, but what comes first. Two steps into the tumbling pass, your hurdle, round off, now the back handspring, now the back tuck. And what I did is I, I told her that's your cue. Once you're inside the white lines, you don't have the option of not going. But when you're out, you can stay outside the white line as long as you want. And when I say the white line, it's it's the border of the floor. There's a white line there in the corner of the floor where they tumble out of. But I told her that's that's your what's the word I'm looking for? That's your. Uh, once you step in, that's your trigger. That's the word I was looking for. I was looking for trigger. Once you step in the white line, that's the trigger. The process has started. Once the process starts, we do not take a step back but do not step inside those white lines until you're ready for that trigger. But once it starts, the arms come up, now the thought process of what you do next comes into play. Not what you're afraid of, not if you're afraid of the back tuck, but what comes first, the steps, then the round off. I find if I give them words for each skill, that also helps, helps a lot on beam, yeah. especially on beam. So that's kind of how I deal with fear. And I always take, I'm not afraid. That's the one thing. And I think you'll agree with this, Anthony. You can't be afraid to take steps backwards uh, with the athlete to get them confident in doing those skills. Because a lot of my drills are scarier than the skills. <laughs> like, so if I back them up, if I back them up a step in the process, then that has always helped. I've always had a pretty good luck with dealing with fear and I haven't had a lot of fear in my career with my athletes. I think a lot of that has to do with the drilling that I do. I do so many drills. Yeah. So on, on, on my thing, um, I agree with you on most parts. Um, but I, I do for like, and I say like fear is more anxiety. It's excitement and stuff like that. But for, you know, because I, I've dealt with a lot of kids that just have these weird, funky fears that just keeps them from, and I don't even know if we would call it fears at this point. It's just, we get to this point to where they just can't. Like, 
for instance, I got a couple of students and I'm talking about uh, doing major skills yeah. just fine. And then one day boom, they go away. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. I mean, I'm talking nothing. Yeah. And, and these, and these poor kids, I mean, I feel bad and I, and you know, they beat themselves down and, and, and I'll get to where, where my conclusion and what my um, thought is and kind of conversation, but basically, so they went from, and it went to straight, you know, we went quarantine and all that other stuff and then just kind of trickled down worse, worse, worse to started making them feel like they're not good enough. Um, but they're trying, I mean, they're working the butt and they're trying, but yeah. they just can't and they don't understand why they can't and stuff like that. So in their head, like it just keeps going and going and they, and they wouldn't understand it. And I was having a conversation with, with one of my kids and she knows she goes, oh, I know you're never going to get mad at me and stuff like that, but you know, when I'm saying these things, I mean, it's because, you know, it's true, blah, blah, blah. And, and of course I'm like, no, it's not, no, you're fine. Like, come on, let's just keep going. You know, I'm trying to keep that positive note. Well, after a conversation, you know, digging deeper into the conversation with her and just listening to her and, and the, the train of thought was, and then not just her, this is a couple of them. So I'm, I'm kind of not just talking about one kid, I'm talking about three or four of them. Okay. Right. Um, but it got to a point, and hopefully this can help you guys um, understand some of your students. But it got to a point that these kids, especially especially these ones, were always so talented. When they're coming up through the ranks, they're always winning, blah blah blah. And then they finally hit kind of skills that were kind of harder, and that I don't want to. And yeah, scarier and stuff like. I think once they felt the once they hit that 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 plateau and and um things started getting a little bit more difficult and not difficult as in they can't but as in this is not this doesn't come easy to me like yeah. i used to you know right. what i mean i'm used to everything just kind of happening and always staying on top ranks and things like that but now we kind of have again not things that they can't do but a kind of struggle i think they started well maybe I'm not a spirit, so they've held themselves up to this high standard this whole time. I'm on top, I'm on top, I'm on top. Parents do, do the same thing. You know what I mean? They hold themselves to this high standard. So now they get to a point to where it's kind of, they're kind of struggling, right? So they start to mentally break themselves down. And then it starts to get into the mode of, well, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm not as good, even though that they are. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think I think Something that like a big skill has kicked in. Right. But I think that comes from moving. You notice it happens more with talented kids. Yes. Because so, because uh, because they're so talented, they move through too quickly to those skills. So if you have a yes. kid that's unbelievably flexible, has an unbelievable clear hip and is just just this huge shoulder throw and she's got this spectacular bridge where she can hold this tight arch really well. You see that as a coach and I'm not saying you, I'm just saying a coach yeah. sees that and says, well, she's nine years old. I'm going to teach her to Kotchev. Okay. Well, well, she's not ready, but she's not just because you're ready physically doesn't mean you're ready mentally and you skip steps and you skip steps into that Takachev instead of starting her at ground zero. Like I do with a kid that's not as talented. So yeah. I start those kids at these this ground level where they start baby these baby steps into the Takachev. And guess what? Those kids don't have a fear 
because they've taken it step by step. But when you have really talented kids, and I'm guilty of this, everybody's guilty of this, I think you move them a little too quick. The prime example of this is the Yurchenko vault. People move through, you got a good tumbler on floor, they're doing the drill spectacular, you're like, let's move it to the vault, let's move it to the vault. They're not ready. You, it's still the same amount of time, just because they're ready physically and even skill-wise doesn't mean they're ready mentally. And I see it with your Chenko vaults more than any other thing. I also see it with souks because they flip them too soon. Yeah. And and I, I am, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I tend to err on the side of caution when it comes, <laughs> when it comes to teaching kids those skills. I tend yeah. to take a little longer than a lot of people would. And I think that's why I don't have to deal with the, with the head issues as much. Because almost every time I have a kid with a fear issue, I inherited them with that fear issue from somebody else. Almost every yeah. time. And th saying things like, well, sooner or later, you know, being afraid won't be as important as being good. Okay, that, that's good. I say it all the time. But... The bottom line is you got to take steps back on those drills and sometimes start them all the way over. And, and, and you know what? I agree with that 100% and listen up coaches. <laughs> this is, this is where it shows how good you can be because sometimes you don't get the privilege of bringing your kids all the way up and stuff like that. And you do inherit some of these kids and you're inheriting some of these problems. So this kind of goes to show like where, where am I at on my coaching and stuff like that? Cause don't forget anybody, can teach talent anybody can get the best group of kids and do something with them okay this is why this topic's being brought up because uh, there are kids out there that are struggling with these but this is how um, i've been dealing with it and i've been pretty um successful with it so you know after finding all that stuff out and things like that i'm like well first of all you stop making gymnastics fun you start yeah. making it a job Right. You started making it too serious because parents stuff like that. You need you know why you were so back then? Because you were a kid and you didn't know any better. And it was fun. You were in the yeah. gym and having fun with everybody and it became competition. And then you matured. And of course, some of you guys have expectations. Your parents have these high too high expectations or whatever, because you know, that's just who they are. You know what I mean? I and again, some most of you guys that um listen probably know or don't know that I coach my own daughter. Unfortunately, it wasn't my choice, but it kind of just <laughs> fell in. Um, and I had a conversation with her the other day. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? She came up and we're on my event, and it's, it's my coaching. And she's like, I feel like I'm not getting better. And she started just bawling, and she's, she's frustrated. And, of course, she's like, you know, I know it's not you. It's just I, I don't feel like I'm getting better. I can't even do basic skills. And, again, I told her. I said, relax. It's because, again, we're doing something, we're, we're doing something bigger now and we had the coronavirus and every time that you got close to getting these big skills corona hit or we got quarantined because the kid in the group and it, it just worked that way but this is where we're at and you have to understand that it's okay you're gonna you might suck this year i mean on this but everybody can stop working but you have to understand that there's things that you have no control over and especially with these other girls you can't control these things all you can do right now is go, well, it's been this much time since I've done these things or this much time since, unfortunately, mentally, we've been, you know, set back. Right, right. You're going to have to embrace that suck and understand that 
this is the hardest part of life, sports, whatever. And you're going to have to accept it. Because if you can accept it, then you can start building the process of getting back to where you're at. And I'm going to tell you guys my um, philosophy on how that is in a minute. Um, but that's how you can start building that philosophy. You can get more focused in because you're not worried about the time frame anymore. Mm -hmm. Go it out the window. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But the, but the thing that you're going to do every day when you come in is you're going to take a deep breath and you're just going to do your best. That's it. Yeah. When that fear hits, when that when that mental anxiety hits, when that anxiety hits, you know when it's coming. That means you need to prepare yourself before you do it, before you get on a bar, before you get on that football field, before you take that batter's box. You got to take that deep breath and accept that, okay, this is it. All right, we got to push through. Hey, we, we have to. Right. Because if we don't, there's another day of disappointment. There's another day I don't want to do this. There's another day that I may not want to go to practice. And then you have to ask yourself again, is this what I really want to do? And if the answer is right away, yes, then you're going to do it because you know what I mean? You put your heart, soul and everything into it. You know what I mean? And most gymnasts, most athletes, this is what they, they were born bred to do. You know what I mean? So of course the answer is going to be yes. And you have to let them know. Okay. Well then every time we take that deep breath and we accept it, we go like this, I got to do it. It's, it's no matter what. And you got to understand you might get hit by that at baseball. Right. I mean, you know, you might get a bad, someone might tackle you bad or whatever the case may be. Blindsided. Yeah. You can control it. Yeah. But I love this enough to go, I'm willing to eat, Matt. I'm willing to fall on my face for, you know, to do what I love to do. And you got, you got, you have to accept it because that's <clears> when you can be able to come into that gym, that field or wherever you're at and take that deep breath and say, okay. And eventually that anxiety will eventually start to dissipate. Right. Maybe it won't, but that's, you know, but eventually most it will. Okay. Now for the next point, this is my building blocks and it's, and it's been helping with a lot of my gymnasts and they've been telling me, thank you. Like this makes perfect sense. So here it is. You always, every kid, every adult, every human being, we have goals, we have ambitions, we have dreams, right? Now, when you're in this case, if you have a goal, like, you know, they say a goal every day, a goal every day. Well, my goal every day can get up, play the stock market, try to make a million dollars. <laughs> now, the chances that it happened, I mean, it could, but it's probably not. So every day I'm going to fail at it. And then I'm going to start to feel worse about it and worse about it. You know what I'm saying? So those like, like those big skills or, or whatever the case may be, start to put your goals shorter and don't have 10, cut them down because you're, because you're mentally right now, you're struggling. So cut everything down because when you start to cut it down and make them shorter, and these are achievable goals, these achievable goals start like this, but eventually they start to grow and eventually they get to this. This is where you want to be. Now, again, remember, it's going to take some time. You're going to go through some frustration. Yes, it's going to suck, but this is the way to do it. Do you understand? But when you go home and you felt like you achieved each goal and you accomplished something, whether it be one or five, you're not going home anymore feeling like crap because you got nothing done. You had all that anxiety the whole time. Nothing was accomplished. You don't go home anymore like that. You go home feeling like, 
okay, I'm, I'm getting better a little bit. I did this. You can tell yourself, this is what I did today to get closer to that bigger goal. You know what I mean? And eventually, I'm going to get there. But, but it's a long process. You know what I mean? It, it, it takes time. And you have to accept where you are. And again, if you have a fear or whatever's holding, you need to understand what it is, why it's there, so you can start making processes of, com- of overcoming those things. But if you have, if you're not paying attention, you're not understanding why and how and all these other things, then you're gonna stay stuck. And you gotta communicate with your coaches as well and be honest with your parents and have these conversations. Because once you lift these things off your shoulders, it's easier to come in and start working on yourself. You know what I mean? Or coaches working on your gymnast. Because remember, like Jason said, sometimes you gotta take a couple steps back to take five forward, you know what I mean? And that's where I'm at. And, and that was kind of the conversation that I was having with a lot of them. And well, I don't know, it, I'm not a doctor, but that, that's <clears throat> my philosophy. On well, it. and you touched on, you touched on two processes in there that, that any, any successful, highly, highly, I listen to a lot of podcasts, not about self-improvement, but about being the best you can be. So I listen to a lot of Andy uh, Frisella. I listen to the order of man. I listen to a lot of Jocko, a lot of these, these, I, I don't even want to say self-help. I don't like that. I don't like that process, but, or that, that term, but just life skills, if you will. And yeah. Andy, Andy touched on this it, where he said all successful people don't get up at 5 a.m. No matter what anybody tells you, because that's what the, that's one of the big things now that the, all the self-help gurus are telling you, oh, get up at 5 a.m. Do this. Do that. Every every successful person gets up at 5 a.m. That's B.S. Not every successful person gets up at 5 a.m. But every successful person, when they get up and their day starts, has three to five things they must accomplish that day. Not 300 not 400 everything else outside those three or five things is is cake their day ends when they finish those five things and what they want to do with the rest of their day whether they want to go golfing whether they want to do whatever they go do it they go relax they go do whatever they do they go get a drink with friends but they accomplish those five things and if it's midnight and they haven't accomplished those five things they're going to work that day until they finish those five things or three things, whatever you want, make the process as large or small as you want. I personally recommend that you never go over five things because this, this, this first off, people are going to tell you that to be successful, you have to work 16 to 18 hours a day. Again, BS, the 5 AM BS it's BS. I'm telling you, they're telling you this to pump up their own egos. No one can sustain 16 to 18 hour days of nothing but working, okay? Look at your life right now and any part where you think you're successful, look at it and really look at it and you're gonna find you could even do better and work harder because there's time you're spending playing Minecraft or there's time you're on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. I am totally guilty of it. I have a TikTok. Yes, I'm an old creepy man because I have a TikTok, but it's funny and I don't dance. But (laughs) I got 500 followers too. But because I, I, I need an outlet for my comedy, right? But I finished my five things. 
Some days it's, I got to post a podcast. I got to put it on YouTube. I got to do all this stuff. And I do that process. And when I finish, sometimes I finish at 11 AM. I've done my workout. Here's my non-negotiables. I work out non-negotiable. I'm going to go work out. Do I get up at 5 a.m.? Yes. Am I successful because I get up at 5 a.m.? No. I like to get my workout out of the way. I get up at 5. I'm to the gym by 5.30. I'm done with my workout by 6.30. Guess what? I go back to bed. I'll come home at 6.30, go back to bed. You can ask Anthony. He's like, where were you? I'm like, I was taking a nap. I'll come home at 6.30 and I'll sleep till 11. Then I get up, I, I post a podcast, I put it on YouTube, I do all these things that I need to do. I talk to my assistant, yes, I have an assistant. I talk to my assistant and see what we have to accomplish that day. And sometimes I'm done with all that by noon. Am I successful? Um, yeah, I'm successful in that I've accomplished things that I wanna accomplish, but what do I do? Uh, are there things I do in my process that scare me? Yeah, there's things I do. I, Getting up at 5 a.m. and going to work out scared me when I first started doing it. I don't know why, but it was like, oh, man, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. But then I fell in love with the process of doing it. And I fell in love with having my day, not having to worry about a workout for the rest of the day. So I like it. Now I like it. I'm going to tell you all right now. I'm going to be totally honest. And I don't know how Anthony felt. I could tell you by the first few shows we did, Anthony was pretty terrified on the microphone. Right. Oh, yeah. He was, he oh, was, yeah. he was scared. Our first, the, our old podcast, you know, our first podcast, man, he said like three words. And if you notice, I let Anthony talk a whole bunch tonight because I usually interrupt him and I wrote down notes. So that's what I'm talking about right now. I'm trying to improve myself and let Anthony actually talk. But I was terrified of the technology side of it. You can ask Anthony. There were plenty of times I called Anthony. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. This, this technology scares the crap out of me. I don't know if I can do it. And I watched crap loads of YouTube videos and it was a slow process. You can ask Anthony. It was a slow process for me to learn. And I still don't know as much as I need to, but I fell in love with the process of learning it. And I had to watch the same YouTube videos over and over and over again. That stuff that scared me, I think it, and I, but I looked at it as excitement, you know, and I looked at it as things that had to get done. I'm starting a new, I'm starting a new company and I'm starting a new venture with Will that, you know, I've talked to some people about it and I talked to some marketer and people and stuff like that. And they're like, you realize this has a huge amount of potential scares the crap out of me, but I'm going to do it. And this is why, and this is what I do with my athletes. One, I tell them to stop overthinking the process. If they go back a drill, that's not a failure. It's not a failure. It's a process. There's no failure. Okay. If they balk on a turn and they don't go, that's not a failure. That's a key for us to take a step back in the process, but there's no failure. Don't let them fail. Don't keep pushing them to do the skill. Just go, just go, just go. That is not effective. I'm going to tell you right now, scaring them into doing it is not effective. Make them more scared of you than they are of the skill is not effective. Get lost in the process and have them get lost in the process. Take steps, back them up. This is not a failure. We're going to go back and do the drill. Let's do the drill five times. I have an athlete right now having a problem with a skill. She's not scared of it. She's just having problems with it. So she goes, she went this, this week and she missed and missed and missed. And I said, you know what? We're done. 
you, you're going to take one turn and then you go back and do five of the drill and then you go back and try again. And guess what? By the end of practice, she was making it. Okay. All we did was back up a step. Then what I do is I have them start to think about the outcome and how they feel when they accomplish it. I have them think about that. I don't have them think about the outcome of doing the skill. I think them, I have them think about the outcome of when they have the result that they want. Does that make sense, Anthony? Yeah. I have them dwell on that even. I have them think about it. How do you feel when, when they do it correctly? Cause that'll happen, right? You'll have them go once and they do it and then they won't go for another 10 turns, right? So I take them back to when they accomplished it and I have them focus on how they felt when they accomplished it. And I start having them dwell on that and they think about that instead of the fear. How did you feel when you did it? Were you terrified the moment you landed? No, I was happy. I was excited. I was, I, I felt good about myself. Think about that. Don't think about all the other outcomes that can happen because this was our last outcome. Let's think about yeah. that, mm-hmm. right? Even if, yes. okay, say it's a bar release. They fall flat on their face on a mat, right? Say they're doing a Jaeger, okay? They fall flat on their face. They hit, land the mat. They hit the mat hard. Are you hurt? No. How do you feel? feel pretty good, actually, even though I didn't catch. Let's dwell on that. Let's think about yes. that right? So you fall in love with the process and then you fall in love with the outcome. All of a sudden the danger doesn't seem as important. Does that make sense? Because I I know it sounds like I'm sugarcoating it. This is really the way I do it. And I have so few, I have so few fear issues with my girls, with my athletes. You know what? This just reminds me of a funny story. As as you're telling this, my brain went off into this this story because I'm we're ta- you're talking about uh, um, getting this skill and being like, how did it feel, right? Whatever. So, um, me and my coworker, we um, do an AM seven eight um, arch together. Well, he he does it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm his far <laughs> anyway. But no, but we work together. Whatever you know, you know. Anyway, so we have this kid and um, she's um, trying to be a little weight, but you know she can't still do free pan. And I mean the kid can, but just does it for whatever reason um, she, she'll tell you she'll look at you in your face and you're like hey you know you gotta be a little bit more confident she goes and she'll be like i am afraid i told you i'm sitting there doing my thing and all i hear is what and she in this excitement and i hear um like uh my partner he's you know excited, like yes you see you see how that happened what, it, what ended up happening is a kid accidentally went up to free pat yeah they didn't know it but once she was up there she came down and was like and then you know and then he's like see and he was doing exactly what you're saying dwelling in that moment right yeah and i'm and i missed it or whatever <laughs> this this was falling into bad coaching for anthony <laughs> anyway so she goes and she's like anthony watch watches so i'm like okay so i start watching she goes free it and it doesn't quite hit hands it's a little short right and she's like yeah who did you see that and i'm like yeah, but Anthony. And she goes, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I was like, what? And, I was like, and she goes, "Do you know how hard I've been trying to do this?" And I'm, I'm, it's close enough. And I was like, I know, "It's but close it, enough." It's in and she's like, oh, "I can't believe you." And then she walks and she stares at me, dead stare, 
Like, you know, when your wife looks at you, and yeah. you, you know what I'm talking about? And she stares at me and she keeps looking at me. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I was just, I thought I had to tell you that it wasn't a hand sense. So you can get a hand sense. And she, she won't, she will not say a word, but she has those, the bead eyes like staring. And then she's chalking real hard on her grips. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Anyway, so then I'm kind of looking at her. I'm like, I think she's going to stab me. <laughs> Like I'm dead serious. She has that look, and then she walks by, and then right as she gets right here past me, then she turns and she looks at me. And she goes, "That was rude, by the way. And it hurt my feelings." And then she goes and does her thing. Right, five minutes later, we rotate involved. She comes out, and I go, "Hey, I just want you to. I wasn't trying to be rude, and I, I, I do apologize. And I see that that was a mistake to say that. I was just trying to let you know." And she goes, "Oh, I don't care. It's okay." <laughs> She runs off, and I'm like, oh, my God. That's my daughter, dude. My daughter will be flipping out. Like, she's like, you could tell she's thinking of making a shiv to stab me with. And then 10 minutes later, she's jumping my belt, jump up on my lap and be like, I love you, daddy. It's like, dude, she's so Sybil. She's, she goes zero to 60 and back again. Dude, I had uh, one of my, uh, actually, one of these girls that I was um, mentioning that I was talking to, um, she is, um, She's an she's an awesome, amazing student. I love this kid to to death. Um, but uh, she's hilarious. Um, I, I even told her, I said, you know what? If this doesn't work out for you, you could probably be a female comedian or on a sitcom. <laughs> I would watch you. She's hilarious. She's Tell her I'll help her. Anyway, so one of the days, I forgot what I said. Um, and I'm sure she watches this episode. She's going to know it and say it to remind me, even though I can't hear you. Yeah. But anyway. So um, I said something to my daughter, and I guess it wasn't, um, I didn't think it, it was anything, but anyway, my, my kid was doing the whole, like, you know, he's supposed to be her rich feelings. And I know, whatever. So I'm laughing, like, no, that's not what I meant. And then she looks over at me, and she goes, Anthony, that's like if I looked at you and just said, hey, you're kind of going bald and you're a little bit overwhelmed on your marriage, man. And I was like, what? She goes, yeah. That's how she feels when you kind of hurts, don't it? <laughs> and I go, oh, sir. <laughs> it is so funny because, oh gosh, I'm just. Uh, I get that all the time. Are you this kidding? This is what I'm telling you guys. These are the moments that I, that I that I live forward to being in a gym because outside of everything being serious and fear issues and all that sort of stuff, these are the moments that um, make it our day as student coach in there, there where we can have fun and oh for sure oh i turned it up too especially for me they know they could say things like that but it has to be funny (laughs) because if it's not funny you're in trouble yeah disrespectful (laughs) no there's a there's a few girl there's one girl (laughs) there's one athlete i coach and she she's sensitive about her ears (laughs) they're not big at all like she thinks they're big and they're not, they're totally normal size ears, but we were sitting on, we we're sitting on the mini tramp cause she's hurt right now. And so she can't do the rotation cause we're on bars cause she hurt her elbow and we're sitting on bars and she's sitting right next to me. And I said something to her and I go, Oh, sorry. Was that too loud? I don't want to hurt your ears. <laughs> she's like, she just starts dying. <laughs> but she and I told her I said you know I can make fun of your ears because they're not large if they were actually large I wouldn't make fun of them but it's just stuff like that it just makes your day you know it's just that that fun bonding 
stuff that yeah. I'm sure the woke the woke uh, media would be very upset with us. I'm sure we get uh, we get our uh, USA gymnastics cards taken away if they knew that we actually joked with our girls. It's like it's so everybody's so sensitive, but man, that's what makes that's what makes athletics so great. It's because everybody's bonded, especially you know what? Oh, I don't know if I should say this. Probably not. Well, no, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say anything bad. I don't know if I should tell this because it might be a secret. Um, there was a there was an athlete at our gym this week, uh, from uh, a professional sports team, and he was telling me there. I just won't say who it was. He was telling me that he was amazed at this these gymnasts because they come in for free. He's a professional athlete. He goes, I know guys that have million, hundred million dollar contracts on the line that won't come in here and work out. And your athletes are in here working out for free and paying to work out. They're paying, their parents paid for them to work out. And he goes, and they work harder than any professional athlete I've ever met in my life. And we were talking about it and he was just, just blown away by how these athletes work out. And I go, yeah, that's what happens when you work out for the love of the sport. It's just for the love of the sport. They know they're never going to make a living doing this unless they become coaches and they're not going to make a very good living doing it as all the coaches out there know. But it, it's just, it's just, it's funny. You have this professional athlete putting in perspective for you that these girls are in here just busting their butts. And if you didn't have that sense of humor and the little bit of teasing and the, it's not bullying, it's teasing. It lets be serious. And it's kind of how athletes show love because you, you're in a hard situation where you're working hard and things are, and sense of humor, humor and teasing each other and kind of just ribbing each other is how you deal with it. It same thing happens in the Navy SEALs, special forces, military, it all anywhere where you have a hard situation, and it's a hard day. And anybody that doesn't think it's a hard day, come on in. You can condition with my girls. And when you're done throwing up, you can tell me, oh, yeah, that was a pretty hard day. Because I was talking to him, and he's like, I know pro athletes that can't do this workout. There's no way. Like, their leg yeah. lifts alone, a pro athlete can't do. So, I mean, they're already at that level. So, you have to have that those moments of levity where everybody laughs and everybody jokes and everybody's kind of like, eh, you know. That's why when I have coaching partners that are real strict, I'm less strict. I'm, I'm, you know, I yeah, joke and more. And you as an adult should know where that line is drawn on, on jokes, by the way, people. We're not saying just throw jokes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. And those of you that are listening, that's, don't take it as we're just saying whatever. And hey, relax, because it's just a joke. No, we're not. No, 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 we're not. <laughs> We're just saying. Well, and there's things we, we don't joke fun. about. And, I, and I'll there's certain you, things we don't joke my about. Kids rip me way more than I can ever say to them. And I'm telling you, man, I told them at the end of this, they're going to be them no kids. Um, <laughs> there's your daughter. On my end. Your daughter just it's walked by. Be me. I'm going to have to go to therapy. Oh, there she is again. Say hi. Your daughter just walked by. Yep. She want to be on? She says hi, by the way. <laughs> she says hi. I can hear you. I know you said hi. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. When's her next meet? Uh, Woga. Whoa. Oh, I'm going to be at Woga. Yep. 
My other girls, oh. my other girls are competing right now. I just texted my co-coach and asked him how they're doing because I'm no longer invited to those meets. So I got, I got fired. <laughs> I got fired. Yeah, I, <laughs> See guys, 25, 25 years of coaching, no matter how much experience you have, if you make the head coach angry, they can still kick you out of meets. But I'll be at Woga. The Wogas are USA girls, so I, I go with the USA girls because my coaching partner pretty much demanded. Yeah, it. so um, I have. I'm there. I'm there do you, do you have other guys. teams? Do you have other teams at your gym, or do you guys only do USA levels? Do you have like Excel and stuff? You're frozen, by the way. Can you hear me? I think Anthony's internet just went out. Let's see if he catches up. That's never happened on Zoom with me before. Let's see. I don't know if I can refresh. Uh, mute chat. Rename. Um, oh, he's back. We just heard, yeah. dude, you've been frozen this whole time. We didn't hear anything you said. No, I, I was saying you're frozen a lot. Oh, really? Uh, oh, okay. No, it's, it's my internet. Um, yeah, do you just do, do you just do, I don't want it to keep messing up. we're right at 45 minutes. That's 45 minutes. So we can end it right there. Let's wrap it up. Cause yeah. I don't want it to keep doing it. And Process. This, I think this is a very productive, good show. And I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee we're going to get more listens than ever. <laughs> yeah. By the way, thanks guys. Uh, keep liking and sharing and commenting. We've had a lot of feedback and we've had a lot of sharing and stuff. Uh, our last episode was our highest listened to episode ever. So yeah. that's cool. And please again, like comment, subscribe, Share, share, share with your friends, especially if you think this episode, when if you're a student, parent, or coach, please share it along so that people can hear it too. And maybe it'll help connect them or make, or maybe help a student out to maybe have the courage to talk to the coach about things and maybe they can get other, their own points of view and stuff like that. You know what I mean? The more they For can sure. share these ideas and stuff like that makes the coaching community and kids with their coaches much better. That's what we're here for too. Yeah. Not just yeah. to enlighten people and talk about sport. <laughs> Especially because we are, we are definitely anyway. not, we are definitely not the end all, no all end all of coaching. Uh, Absolutely not. but I've seen a few other shows that, um, podcasts that deal with gymnastics. So I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to some of those shows and see if they want to come on with Anthony and I. So uh, Anthony don't hang up. Cause I got to talk to you as soon as we end. Okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks again for uh, for listening, and thanks again for making Coach's Spot blowing up. It's awesome. By the way, any of you guys that listen that see us out at meets and stuff, please come introduce yourself. Uh, let us know that you listen to the show. Let us, you know, you can say you hate it. You can say you love it. It doesn't matter. Just introduce yourself. Say hey. So anyway. Yeah, don't be afraid to say hello and say hi. I mean, I know I'm really good looking and like intimidatingly good looking. Intimidating to y'all. Yeah, because he's so buff. Yeah, and I know I'm all looking like buff Santa Claus with my gray beard and everything. Yeah, but. you just gotta hope that Jason ain't wearing his mohawk and he's raging red like the Red Hulk. He's <laughs> not telling me. I know him as his friend, and I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> I don't think I'll have a mohawk at Woga. I don't think so. But anyway, I, I think I did last year. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay, guys, I will. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening. Later. So.